Amen, amen. Thank you, team. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to get right into the sermon today. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about blessed or stressed. Blessed or stressed. You can be one or the other. Which one do you want to be? It's your choice. Blessed or stressed? I already know the answer. Stress. I want more stress. No. I want to be blessed, of course. We say this, that word, and I always wonder, like, do you even know what it means? Like when someone sneezes and you say, God bless you, why do we do that? What does it mean? What does the word blessing mean? Can anyone define it? Most, of the, most people wouldn't know what a blessing was if it hit them in the face. When you say, God, you pray prayers like, God bless my family. Well, what are you praying for? God bless my work. What are you talking about? God bless my church. God bless America. What are you praying? What is a blessing? And so I, st- I spent this week studying this subject in the Bible, and there's a million verses in the Bible about how God promises to bless our lives if we. He says, if you, dot, 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 then I will. And so we say, God bless you, this commonly used phrase, but what does it mean? It actually means to speak a good word about someone or something. So to bless someone means I want to speak good over your life. I, I want to bless you. I want, I want to pour out a gift. I want to speak life over you. But to be blessed by God is a different meaning. So to give someone a blessing or say God bless you is one thing, but to be blessed by God has a different meaning. When God blesses someone or something, he takes what they have naturally, whatever you have in your hands, and he multiplies it. And he makes it sufficient to meet all of your needs. That's what it means to be blessed by God, where he takes what he's given you, you're returning it back to him, and he multiplies it, stretches it, and makes it sufficient for all of your needs. I can say that I'm a blessed man, that my family is blessed, because God has met all of our needs. He's taken what we have, whether it be a little or a lot, I feel like I'm rich. I feel like I have everything that I need. I feel like God is faithful. I've been faithful to returning what is his. I give him my life. I give him my finances. It's his anyway. The breath of my lungs is his anyway. So I'll praise him with it. I'll return it back to him. I'm a steward. I'm a manager. And God has blessed my life. And he has multiplied and and made every need in my life sufficient. When God blesses someone or something, he takes what you have and he multiplies it. The best illustration of this in the Bible is the story when Jesus is preaching and is teaching and he gets a little tired and he's like, I'm gonna go take a break now. <laughs> and he crosses the, the ocean to the other side and people keep following him because he's a miracle worker. They're like, wait, we're coming with you. And so now they're in the middle of nowhere and no one thought to bring any food except one little boy had a Lunchable, a snack pack, five loaves of bread. The Bible says this little boy had five loaves of bread and two fish. And he says, here, Lord, you take it. And what does Jesus do with it? He takes the little kid's lunch. And the Bible says in great description that he lifts it up to heaven and he blesses it. And then he breaks it. And then he says, here, guys, to the disciples, go pass this out. And they're probably thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, take, at first, taking off little pieces. You know, I don't know how far this is going to go. But every, the Bible says they had more than enough to feed thousands of people. And then 
there was a basket left over, 12 baskets left over, which I think was Jesus showing off, like, here's one for you, disciple. Here's one for you, disciple. All 12 disciples took a basket as a reminder of, okay, yeah, God, God can do whatever he wants. Nothing's impossible as a reminder to go home. And so he took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he multiplied it. And that's what happens when you are blessed. All of your needs are met. And also notice that Jesus broke it. He blessed it. He broke it. If you feel broken today, you're like, man, that's me. I, I am broken. Well, perfect. You're a perfect candidate to be blessed by God because in his word, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are humble and dependent on him. So if you can say, I am dependent upon God. Awesome. Get ready to be blessed by God. He's gonna meet all of your needs as you rely and trust and depend on him. And so I wanna help you grow this year and this new year. Um, my job as a pastor is I actually am held accountable. When I get to heaven, I don't know how this will go exactly, but teachers of the Bible are gonna be held accountable much greater to a much greater degree than somebody who's not a teacher or standing on a platform with a microphone. And so I keeps me up at night sometimes. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Not in a cursing way, but Lord, help me. Uh, help, help me help the people grow. And that's what I wanna help you do today and this year is that this would be the most blessed year that you've ever experienced. I want to see God's blessing on your finances, God's blessing on your health, on your relationships, your family, if you're married, your children. I want God's blessing in every area of my life and in your life. And it's important to know that God is the one who blesses you. You don't do it. I don't do it. God is the blesser. I am the one being blessed, and I'm blessed to be a blessing. I hope all of you will leave here today and live in the land of ing. Because you are so blessed, you're just blessing everybody else. God is the one who blesses you. I'm blessed to be a blessing. There are some facts I wanna share with you about God's blessing in our lives. The first fact is this, we don't deserve it. It's an obvious one. I don't deserve God's blessings. I can't earn God's blessings. I can't work for God's blessings. I can't figure out a way to pay for God's blessing. It's totally and completely a gift from God. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, verse 16. Out of the fullness of his grace, that's the key word there, it's his grace. Out of the fullness of his grace, he has blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. Everything that God does in your life, for you, and to your life, he does because he's a good God. Not because you're good or you're awesome, even though I think you're pretty awesome. God loves you too. But it's not because of your goodness. It's because of his goodness and his grace. Would you all agree that we don't deserve it, but thank God he's a good God and a loving father. Here's the second fact about God's blessing. You're too slow. I'm moving on. Number two, he enjoys doing it. He enjoys doing it. God actually enjoys blessing you. He wants to. I like blessing my kids. For Christmas this year, when all of the presents were unwrapped and opened, and they're like, I got everything from Santa. I said, nope, I did it. Your mom did it. We love you so much. No, I, no, I think I did that, but Tina got mad at me. <laughs> no. uh, but I love to bless my kids. Like, you can't love somebody and not be a giver. And that's what God is. He's a giver and he loves you and he wants to bless you. Um, I, our, on our first date, Hillary and I, when we went on our first date, I don't know how this worked, but it did. Maybe it's bad advice, 
But our first date, I just, I wanted to buy you everything. I was just buying things because I just want to bless you. I want to give to you. And so I bought her a pair of jeans. It was the weirdest first date. We went to dinner. We went to dinner and then we, um, at the Grove. And then we went to Nordstrom and we were looking around. And you're like, oh, I like these jeans. Uh, how did it go? You're not up here. I'm telling you it, okay? And I said, oh, you want those jeans? I'll get you those jeans. Anyway. It may or may not work for you. I'm just saying it worked for me. God enjoys blessing his children. The Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 41. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 41. God says, I will rejoice in doing them good. Like, yes. God's in, God is ready to be like, I want to bless you. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. Now, of course, he's talking here about Israel, the people of Israel being moved into the promised land. And he says, I'm gonna enjoy blessing them with this new land. But you might say, well, that's great for Israel. Well, what about for me? I wanna, I wanna be blessed by God. Well, let me show you another verse. The blessings of God just aren't for the Israelites and for the Jews. Isaiah 56, three says, and my blessing, God says, are for Gentiles too. Who are the Gentiles? Everybody else who's not a Jew. That's me and you, unless you are Jewish. Well, let me show you this too. It says, when they accept the Lord, don't let them think that I will make them second class citizens. And so God wants to bless you and he enjoys doing it. You don't have to twist his arm and his leg to get the blessings of God. The third thing the Bible teaches that God promises that he will bless your life. He even guarantees it. Like Larry the mattress salesman I guarantee it, or your mattress is free. Okay. God says, I want to bless you. I love to bless you. And I guarantee I will bless you if, dot, dot, dot. If you will, then I will. And so every time God blesses your life, it's not automatic. It's actually conditional. The, every promise of God has a premise. There are over 7,000 promises from God in the Bible where God says, if you do this, I will do this. I'll give you some examples. God says, if you confess your sins, admit that you're a sinner, then I'll forgive your sins. God says, if you call upon me, I will save you. He says, if you obey me, then I will bless you. And so we're gonna open up our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2 through 10, and here's a passage of scripture where God says, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets will be, and bread, your charcuterie boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. I want that. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. 
When you are blessable by God, you're obeying his commands, you're walking in his ways, you're honoring the Lord with your life, you're returning to him what is his, you are all in, baby. Then God begins to bless you. And it's not just so that you can be a reservoir and just hold it all to yourself, it's so you can be a funnel. And he'll funnel more in your funnel, you'll become a bigger funnel, a, a bigger funnel cake, a bigger funnel cake. Now, you wanna be used by God. God, use me and he'll use you and it won't stick to you, it'll go right through you. And you'll be so blessed, this, this, the Bible says, that everyone around you will be like, what is, how is he, she is so blessed, he is so blessed. Wow, those people at Dream City Church, what are they smoking in there on Sunday mornings? What is in the water? They're so blessed. And then you'll magnify the Lord and you'll point to him and you'll give him all the honor and glory and all the credit will belong to him. Psalms chapter 31, verse 19 you have stored up so many good things for us, like a treasure chest heaped up and spilling over with blessings. All for those who honor and worship you. Everybody knows what you can do for those who turn and hide themselves in you. Wouldn't it just be awesome if everybody around you said, they're like, we all know, Matt, what God can do for you. Now, how do I get it? Obey the Lord. Follow his commands. He knows what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. He wants to bless your life. The other thing I learned this week as I'm studying the blessings of God is that it's also multi-generational. There's an example of this in the Bible in Genesis chapter 25, verse 11. It says, after Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Bir Lahai Roy. That's not in Hawaii, it's somewhere in the Middle East. <clears throat> but it was a land flowing of milk and honey. Abraham, of course, is the father of our faith. He was the father of many nations, that God used him, and he was faithful to God. And his faithfulness to God trickled down into the next generation. And I am a, a living proof, an example of multi-generational blessings of God. My parents loved the Lord with all their heart. They raised me in the church, taught me how to follow the Lord, how to walk with Jesus, how to have a relationship with God, how to serve him, how to worship, live, obey, etc. And I am reaping the benefits of my parents who said, we're gonna follow the Lord. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. I'm reaping the benefits of their faithfulness and I'm reaping the benefits of hopefully my faithfulness to God too. And maybe you're here today, you're like, well, see, I, you just got lucky. You got born into the right family, Matt. I don't, I don't have that kind of luck. Well, you can start with you. You can be the one that cuts the root at the bottom with the ax and says, as for me and my house, I'm gonna start a new generation and we're gonna serve the Lord. And the blessings of God will pass down and pass down and pass down. Maybe you're 15 years old or 16, 18, 20, young, young 20s. Let it start with you. Maybe you're 65 and older in this room and you know what I'm praying and believing for you is this scripture in Job chapter 42, verse 12. The Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the first half of his life. Come on now, come on, let's go. Pitiful, pitiful, absolutely. That was your chance, 65 and older. You're not done yet, you're not retired. You've got work to do for the Lord. You're still young, spry, you've got energy, you've got joy, you've got wisdom, you've got all kinds of them. You've got money that we don't have as young people to help move the kingdom forward. I know some of you didn't like that, but it's true. 
If all we had was a church full of young adults, this church would die. So we thank God for all the, the people that work <laughs> and that believe in the next generation and love kids' church and youth groups and ministries. Come on. All right, here are six things that God says. If you do these six things, I will bless your life. We're gonna rapid fire. Are you ready? God says, if you, then I will. God promises to bless my life if I meet with him daily. If I meet with him daily. Proverbs chapter eight, verse 34. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. I hear a song coming on. I'm just a sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide. <laughs> Meet with God every day and all day. It doesn't, if, if you would ask me like three years ago, like, how do you meet with God daily? I would have said, well, you need to wake up at 5 a.m. because all the godly people wake up at 5 a.m. before the sun comes up. And you gotta have your Bible out and you gotta have a cup of coffee. And you're not a real Christian unless you drink coffee. If you drink tea, you're going to hell. And <clears throat> I'm just kidding, of course. No, that's a great way to start the day. I think you, it's awesome. But if you're not a morning person, guess what? You have all day to spend with God because everything that you do is spiritual. If the disciples ran up to Jesus and said, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? He would have been like, what are you, my, my spiritual life? Everything that I do is about my father's business. I live, I eat, I work, I play, I talk to people. Everything is spiritual and I do it all unto God. There's a verse that makes a whole lot of sense to me. The apostle Paul said in Colossians 3:17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do whatever you do. You're driving to work, you're texting your mom, you're going to the grocery store, you're studying for an exam, you're practicing for a sport, you're working out, you work out for the Lord. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you will live with an un ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence where you're just meeting with him all day, every single day. You're about to have a tough meeting, a difficult conversation. You don't wanna have it. You pray, Lord, oh, help me, Lord. Holy Spirit, give me the words. Oh my gosh, Lord, help my temper. Help me to be gentle. Oh, goose fraba, patience, Lord. I need your Holy Spirit working within me because it's all spiritual. You can do it all with an unending awareness of God's presence. And number two, if God says, if you, then I will. God says, I promise to bless your life if you study my word and do what it says. So everything's spiritual all day, every single day, but you still need to study God's word. And so today I'm the dude with the food and I'm serving you the word of God. But if you only eat on Sundays, except for 21 days of prayer and fasting, of course, um, if you only eat spiritual food on Sundays, if you only get God's word on Sundays, you're gonna show up next Sunday malnourished, and so you have to learn how to feed yourself. And so maybe you'll start a new habit during these 21 days of prayer and fasting where you meet with God and you open his word. And it doesn't have to be an hour like the super Christians who just you know, can't get enough of God's word. Maybe you start off with five or 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, reading God's word, getting a Bible reading plan and study his word. That, that word study is like meditate on it. It's like pick some verses that in the Psalms or the Proverbs or something and chew on it. 
Meditate, think about it. Uh, hold every thought that you think captive. Put your thoughts in a prison and say, do these thoughts line up with the word of God? Are they blessing or cursing? The Bible says this in Psalm chapter one, verse one through three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. That means get some new friends if they're dragging you down like a bunch of crabs in a bucket. Or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. If you're hanging out with a bunch of losers, get away from them. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. You just think about God's word. You think about him all day long. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So you read a verse, you go, now what does that really mean? How can I apply that to my life? How could I really practice that on a daily basis at work or at home? James chapter one, verse 25 says, the man who looks intently, that means to study God's word, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So you look intently, that's called study. Study is not forgetting, it's grabbing hold, it's chewing on it, meditating. Number three, God promises to bless my life. This is gonna get a whole lot of cheers. Oh yeah, if I tithe my income. Okay, thank you so much. It's all the 65 and older, yes. Okay, what does tithe mean? It means to give God back the first 10%. Tithe means 10th. It, it means if I make $10 at my job, I give God back $1, not because he needs it, but because it's already his and he wants what it represents, which is my heart. Dum, 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 dum. And this dum dum is connected to your bum bum and your wallet and your purse. I just made it, the spirit is flowing right now. All right. The Bible says in Malachi chapter three, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. What's the storehouse? It's wherever you worship God. This church, if you worship God here, bring it to this storehouse. This is where you worship God. This is where we're making a difference in our community for the glory of God. This is where we're building God's kingdom. This is where we're advancing the, the Lord's work. And try tithing. I like that God says, test me in this. It's the only area he says, test me, is in the area of tithing. When I went to Bible school and I got my credentials to be a minister, we studied a couple of things called cosmological proof, which is the study of cause and effect. And then we also studied things like teleological proof, which is the study of intellectual design. And I think it's so funny that God didn't say, hey, test me and see if you can prove based on cause and effect if I'm real. God didn't say, hey, test me and see if you can prove based upon um, you know, the stars and all the things that I've made if I'm real or not. Test me with the tithe. That's kind of interesting. He says, here's how you can prove that I'm real. Try this. I dare you to tithe. Give me the first 10% of everything you earn back to me and see if I won't bless you more. You give to me and I'll give to you. And at the end, we'll see who wins. And I've been playing this game all of my adult life now. And God is faithful and has stretched and multiplied and met every need. Amen.
If you don't have work right now, you don't have to tithe. Don't quit your job just because you, just you don't want to tithe. <laughs> but if God has blessed you with income, return it back to him because it's his already. You cannot outgive God. And so God says, if you, then I will. And so I'm giving you a lot of next steps of how just like maybe one of these six, maybe you'll do all six. Maybe you'll do two out of six. Maybe you'll do, maybe this is the one you're like, oh man, I've been a Christian all my life and this is the one area I hate when you talk about pastor. I hate it. Well, let the Lord speak to you, brother, sister. Number four, God promises to bless my life if I help others in need. If I help others in need. Psalm chapter 41, verse one through two. God blesses those who are kind to the poor and helpless. If the worship team can come, we're gonna close early. He helps them out if they're out of their own troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them. Who's them? Those who bless the poor and helpless. He publicly lifts you up when you bless the poor and helpless and always and destroys the power of their enemies. And so here's a practical way of how you can bless those who are poor and helpless. Just every Saturday we do food and clothing distribution every morning from 9 a.m. to like 12 p.m. And the lower parking lot turns into a food bank distribution center every Saturday morning. It happens whether you know it or not. Every Saturday, without fail, we have a serve team here that wakes up bright and early on Saturday morning when everyone else is sleeping and chilling and watching Netflix and drinking coffee. We have an, the real Christians out here. I just want to give them props, you know. They're amazing. They're amazing. They really are. Every Saturday, without fail, serving our community food and clothing. And so if you want to get involved in that, maybe you can't come on Sundays, but here's how you can get involved is um, next Sunday is, is Beans and Rice and Jesus Christ Sunday. And I just wanted to make it memorable. Go to the store and buy beans and rice, and then we'll distribute it with the love of Jesus Christ on Saturday. And in the lobby next Sunday, you can bring your beans and rice and put them in the bucket so we can fill up our food bank. And it'll only last for one week because that's how much pounds of food we're giving away every single week. Um, but it's just a reminder that here's an, here's an easy way to get involved and do something to bless those who are poor and helpless. Another group that is helpless are those that are being human trafficked. And uh, so you can do the stop traffic walk on February 3rd and raise awareness for that and funds for that. If I help others in need, God promises to bless my life. If I help others in need, God looks around and says, are you a reservoir or a funnel? Can I use you? Are you usable? Are you blessable? Number five, and two more, last, last two, here we go. This is the fifth qualification to receiving the blessing of God, if I share the good news. In other words, if I don't keep it a secret about what God is doing in my life and in my church, if I invite other people to hear the good news or if I share it myself, if I had a, the cure for cancer, I would not shut up about it. I would tell everybody, here it is, I got it. Well, we have the greatest cure for anything in the world and that's the sin problem where we have a savior who forgives, past forgiven. We get a purpose for living every single day. We wake up with 
a mission and a purpose to live for. And we have the hope of heaven, a home in heaven for eternity. That's the greatest news in all the world. Don't keep it quiet. Philemon, or as I like to say, Philemon Yon, chapter one, verse six, says, I pray you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will fully understand every blessing we have in Christ. Bring someone with you to church that is stressed out. It won't be hard to find. This week, just be like, hey, are you stressed? Come to my church, you'll be blessed. It'll be awesome, come sit with me. And then this is the sixth one as we get ready to close. God says, if you do these things, if you, then I will bless your life. If I participate in fellowship, Fellowship is one of those Bible words. You're like, what is fellowship? I don't like it. I don't like it. Fellowship is a bunch of fellows in a ship called the church rowing together in one direction. We are the body of Christ. We are, this is a fellowship of believers. We are fellowshipping together. Hello, fellow, hello. And we're going in the direction we are chasing after Jesus Christ. We are seeking him first. We're putting him first in all of our ways, acknowledging him. We're using our gifts and our talents to advance his kingdom and the local church. You've got talents. I've got talents. You can't do what I can do and I can't do what you can do. We all need each other. This is a community, a body of believers. The church is a living organism. It's not a business. It's not an organization. It's not some business plan to make the pastor rich. Well, some do that, not me, you would know it, but it is a living organism. It is living and it's messy and it's awesome. And God uses imperfect people like me and you to make a great, great difference. And if you'd like to get involved, there's a place for you. In fact, we need you. If you're sitting there thinking like, oh, this church doesn't need me. Look at this place, it's full today. Wow, I'm actually surprised it's full today. Whoa, they don't need me. We need you, we need you wiping kids' butts in the, diet, in the nursery. No one wants to do that job, but man, though, the real Christians will step and be like, I'm called to this, Lord. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Two, three, four, five. We just added six clappers to the nursery. We need some construction worker guys that wake up super early in the morning and you, you can't help yourself. You're already up at 4 a.m. every morning. You're like, ah, oh, church doesn't start till 11. Dang. What am I gonna do? You can come help us take out the flags and bring in the flags and all the signage and unlock the building and turn on the HVAC and all that stuff and fix stuff. Uh, I mean, if you're singing, we need, we need worshipers. If you play an instrument, if you sing in the shower and you think you're good, we'll see about that. There is an audition process for the worship team, but uh, we need ushers and kids leaders and youth leaders and Security, yeah, there we go. Don't mess with our security team. I'm he, I am he, no, kidding. All right, why don't you put God to the test this year and this new year and go all in. Meet with God every day. Come to Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. and worship your heart out. Study and do his word. Tithe your income. Help others in need, share the good news participate in fellowship and watch what God will do. I guarantee that God is going to change your life and bless your life. And it won't be without struggles or temptations. It won't be a perfect year, but it will be the greatest year of your life if you go all in with God. Would you stand for closing prayer all across this place? 
Let's pray before the Lord. The first prayer I want to pray is for those in the room that if you've never asked Jesus in your life and you'd like to do that right now, here's the prayer. This is between you and the Lord. Just say, Jesus Christ, come into my life right now and make yourself real to me. I want to know you and follow you and learn to love you. I confess I'm a sinner. I confess that you are Lord and I believe in my heart that you are the risen king and you died for a sinner like me and you're alive and I invite you Holy Spirit to live in me and transform me from the inside out today I'm all yours and forevermore and I'm asking you to have your way in my life and help me to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name and another prayer as we continue praying today I look out on all the people in this room and I love you and I want us to be blessable by you, God. Would you bless our church in an unusual way? Would you bless the men and the women of God in this place? Bless the single adults and the married adults and the young and the old, the businessmen and the businesswomen and the teachers and the truck drivers and the accountants and the doctors and the counselors and the salesmen and all the different careers that we're in, the stay-at-home mom, Lord, you've made it really clear what you expect us to do, that if we do these things, you will bless our lives. And I pray today that many are saying, I'm all in, and I'm gonna do what you've told me to do, and I'm gonna follow your instructions in this moment. And would you just say to God, I'm in, Lord, I'm in. I wanna be what you want me to be, and I wanna do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say a good amen, 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 amen. Awesome. All right. Well, here's the final reminder as we dismiss today. We're going to go out of this place rejoicing and singing. But Wednesday night, church, 6.30 p.m. It's going to be great. I'll see you then. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.